Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Samantha Abrams of Emmy's Organics, a gluten-free, vegan, and organic snack company that creates delicious, clean treats made with the highest quality ingredients. What started as a nightly hobby for Samantha and her co-founder, Ian, turned into Emmy's Organics as we know it today. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Samantha Abrams of Emmy's Organics. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Uh, Where did you grow up, and what would you say your childhood was like? I grew up right outside of New York City in Westchester County. I was actually born in Manhattan, and then my family moved out to the suburbs after that. And... um, Oof, as far as like my childhood upbringing, as far as it relates to being an entrepreneur, I actually never put this together until after I started my own business, but I actually had a lot of entrepreneurs around me Hmm. and I didn't even realize it. Um, My dad um, has always been in the shoe, the women's shoe business. He is a designer and importer of women's shoes. And that's how my parents met. They were both um, in that industry. Hmm. And so, um, I definitely think that there were some early influences there. Um, And uh, we moved around a lot. And so I ended up changing schools at one point. Um, But some of the things that I loved as a kid and continue to love today are the arts and dance. Hmm. And um, I've always kind of seen like movement and dance as like a way to express myself. And that's sort of something I always loved. And when I was young, of course, like wanted to be a professional dancer. And um, I actually danced through college also. Um, But let's see, there's definitely like hard things too. You know, my parents had kind of a messy divorce and, um, you know, moving around a bunch was Mm. definitely challenging. Mm. Um, So, yeah. Certainly. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned dance growing up. Uh, did you have any interest? I know you didn't really categorize yourself as an entrepreneur at this time, but did you ever get into like selling anything on the side as a kid or make inventing or lemonade stands, anything like that? No, I definitely was like a very shy kid and mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have what I would say is maybe like the confidence to do something like that. I don't think I even really had the desire at the time. Mm. I would, I'm definitely not one of those people who like, you know, at a young age started just like selling things and just was like a natural entrepreneur right from the beginning. Um, it's yeah. definitely something that I've kind of evolved mm-hmm. into. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So where did you end up going to school then? And what did you study at this time? Did you do dance also going into that? Um, I studied, so I went into school, I went to Ithaca College, that's what brought me to Ithaca originally, um, Mm -hmm. which is where our company is based. And um, I I went in without a major, but quickly discovered their theater program. And I studied theater management, because I've always even through high school, um, when I was very passionate about the arts, um, dance and theater, all that. I loved sort of the marketing angle of it and sort of how do we get people to know about our show and to come to our show um, and sort of like the business things behind the arts. And so um, at Ithaca College, they had a theater arts management program, Mm. which um, is kind of a combination of theater and business. So I took classes in the business school as well as in the theater department. And Mm. it was kind of this amazing 
uh, blend of all of my interests. And it was really special that I could find something like that. And I ended up minoring in dance so I could continue that journey as well. Mm. Um, and when I was at school, the things that I loved to do were putting on shows of my friends. So I'd had friends that maybe would write a play or wanted to just put on some kind of performance. And so I would be the one kind of like doing the marketing and the producing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also started a dance company in college. So oh, I wow. guess that was my first entrepreneurial uh, adventure. Yeah. Um, and it actually still exists today. I kind of realized that wow. uh, maybe within the last year, I looked online and I was like, oh my gosh, they're still doing that. Which <laughs> is really amazing. Very cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I would love to get into that a little bit. What was that like starting that? Was it like dance classes and what does that structure look like today even? Um, So it was basically on campus, there were only a few different um, groups that you could be a part of to do dance sort of like as an extracurricular Mm -hmm. if it was outside of your major or minor. And most of them were very kind of classical kind of dance team style um, performance type work. And so you would go, you would rehearse pieces and then do performances. Mm. And so, but there was no angle, there was no outlet for modern and kind of experimental dance, which is sort of what I was into. And so um, I created it with another student where we could like audition people and have them be a part of this company. And then we would um, choreograph pieces and do a performance. And I remember the first show that we did, we, we just, we were able to get like a small studio space. And so many people came, they were literally around the studio and Mm. it was very sweaty. Like I remember all of the mirrors were totally fogged up because so many people came and it was a huge success. And so then as we continued to do performances, we were able to get larger spaces. And you know, it was a whole, it was a business, you know, I just at the time, I wasn't necessarily thinking of it in that way. I just like wanted to make this thing happen so much. And I feel like a lot of that kind of producing uh, for the arts, like, at least for me, it just gave me this practice of making things happen, you know, and um, I definitely carried that into my entrepreneurial world. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'd love to get into prior to Emmy's organics and then following graduation. Uh, what did you end up doing for work and what were some of those aspirations? Um, so I started Emmys less than a year after I graduated from college. So mm. it was like pretty quick yeah. <clears throat> and the story. And so I stayed in Ithaca for the summer after I graduated. And I really did that because one of my best friends from school is from the area and she convinced me to stay. And so we just had, we just got odd jobs. Um, I worked at a a winery. It was actually a cidery, a place that made hard cider. Mm. Um, I worked at a a Thai restaurant. Um, I did like painted houses. Like I just did odd jobs to be able to kind of make some money and to be able to hang out. Like I just, the idea was just, okay, we've been working so hard in school. Maybe we can just, we don't need to like get to the career job right away, you know? And so I kind of gave myself the summer And that was the summer that I met my husband and co-founder, Ian, um, who is from Ithaca and was living home temporarily. He Mm -hmm. had moved from the city just for a little while. And um, that's, yeah, that 
it totally changed everything for me. I did definitely did not plan on staying in Ithaca, yeah. but we had this really shared passion for um, healthy foods and he has a lot of dietary restrictions. And so he had had these recipes that he had made really out of a need for himself. Mm. And that's really like the beginning of how Emmy's got started is that we just had so much fun kind of playing around in the kitchen and making things and um, kind of had this one product, the coconut cookies that mm-hmm. um, we realized, wow, we could do something. So it was, I graduated right in May and then it was in like December of that same year, wow. 2008, that we started Emmys. And so we just wow. like jumped right in. That's amazing. When you say started, I'm curious, was this when you guys started uh, sharing the passion, making them yourselves, or is this when Emmys launched? And when did you start like selling that first product then? We started selling it pretty quickly. We had, um, so obviously many months prior, we were just playing around, having fun. Yeah. And then when we, when Ian showed me this coconut cookie recipe, you know, we realized that there was something really special about it. It was like very simple to make. And there was nothing like it available. And especially back then, because remember, this is 2009, um, the gluten-free slash dairy-free options out there were not so good. You know, there were a lot of kind of junky, junky, healthy foods, you know, so gluten-free cookies with a lot of fillers, artificial flavors, um, you know, um, preservatives. And so that's so pretty quickly we realized there was something special and so i think i remember we went in december and got like a dba because like someone told me told us we should do that and um we did and we just started going kind of door to door to local stores Mm -hmm. um in ithaca and then also we applied at least for the following spring to be farmers market vendors so we could sell our products at the farmers market and so yeah we kind of just went for it um we had no idea what a business like this looked like you know we had neither of us had started a a business like this before and so you know a lot of people say that they're naivete is kind of what like helped them move forward and it, it definitely did for us yeah. and that's amazing at this time uh what was ian doing for his job did you guys both hold semi like p- positions while doing emmys what did that look like in this transition <clears throat> yeah so he uh, when he first so he had moved home because he had some health conditions come up and he was living in the city working for this company doing graphic design Mm-hmm. He has a also just a really interesting story. <clears throat> I, maybe we should have done this together, yeah. but um, you know, just with his um, career and just mm. all the different things that he did, he just has, yeah, he's someone who's totally just like gone for it and has had all kinds of different jobs and um, yeah, very different for me, which is really cool that we have these experiences to bring to the table. Sure. Um, so he had moved home temporarily and his job at the time had allowed him to work remotely. And so he was doing graphic design for a company that owned a lot of um, advertising space on the internet. And so this was like very pre work from home life. Um, I think he chatted with his boss and colleagues on AIM on IAM. Yes. Or, is that what it is? Aim? <laughs> I forget now. <laughs> I loved it as a kid. Um, and so 
So he was working remotely and while we were starting that. Um, and I was just keeping my odd jobs for a while. And we, and we did that for quite a bit. And then there was a point when his job really wanted him to come back to the city and he realized, wow, okay, there might be something here. And, um, I'm also, he was enjoying kind of being back in Mm. Ithaca, just sort of, you know, more slower pace than New York. And so he decided to stay and, um, not continue with his job. Amazing. Uh, when you guys were doing some packaging for these local vendors, what did that initial kind of like mock-up, what did that branding look like for Emmys? Was it just very scrappy in the kitchen? What, what was that like? It was so scrappy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, when I look at it now, it's hilarious. <clears throat> we, does, well, Ian had graphic design experience, but not packaging design, which is definitely different. Yeah. And so he created... Our logo that we used for the last like 12 years. So kudos to him for that or a version. We kind of had a version of that always. Yeah. Um, But we had a label that he designed that we just printed on a desktop printer. And then we found these uh, clear bags online somewhere. And so we would just hand pack three cookies in a clear bag and put a label on the front and a label on the back. Mm. Um, and when we actually like started selling in stores, you know, the labeling of the bags just became so annoying. And so, um, Ian's mom, she has always been a huge supporter and her nickname is Emmy, by the way. So that's kind of where Emmys comes from. A lot of people are like, your name's Samantha. Um, (laughs) and so she was working at an acupuncturist's office, um, at the time. And so she would bring the clear bags and the labels with her to work and just label bags in between patients coming in. And so she'd come home with a big box of kind of labeled bags and then we would stuff them in there. And so, yeah, they were, you can, there are pictures on the internet. That's amazing. Fun to look at. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, at this point when you're getting some of the feedback from these, these local vendors that you're selling to, When's the point that you realized you have an opportunity to maybe expand a new products? And were those Ian's other existing ingredients or not ingredients, but his other uh, recipes? So we, w- we had our coconut cookies in stores and at, we were also doing the farmer's market, right? So what was nice about the farmer's market is that we could be very experimental. And yeah. so we could just make something new. We could make a brownie. We could make, we did milkshakes like made with fresh coconut milk that we would make like literally scooping the meat and taking the water out of coconuts. Um, we would make fresh almond milk. We did all, we made pies and cheesecakes and just all these kind of very clean, um, recipes. And I think what we learned is that the things that need to go in the store need to be the simple to make. Mm. Um, and not that we didn't make that mistake later of of launching products that were just too complicated. Um, But that was definitely where we could kind of test things out. And then we could get, you know, feedback from people right then and there because they were right in front of us at the farmer's market. So that was definitely really valuable. Um, And I think because we were so small, we weren't, we weren't like, we're going to launch new things. We did new flavors. Yeah. And quite honestly, even today, if I look back at these 14 years, Mm -hmm. we continued to just keep coming back to the coconut cookies because Mm -hmm. we did, we launched 
products over the years that maybe we weren't necessarily being strategic about, you know, Mm. Um, we just like thought it was a good idea. And so we've had to actually discontinue quite a lot. And that has allowed for a lot of growth because we just stayed focused on like our core items. And Mm -hmm. we're still focused on our core items today, even though we do have new innovation. Um, So Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, taking. Uh, I, I'm assuming starting out in those early days, most most of your marketing was probably from those local markets. But today, how do you see the marketing evolving, and how do you how are you getting the consumer to, uh, especially D to C, to convince them? Yeah, well, majority of our sales are in retail, and so and we are trying. We're actively growing our D to C and e commerce on various platforms. Yeah. And so it's amazing now to have the support, you know, to have more of a marketing budget um, and a person who can really focus on that. Yeah. When we were just starting out though, we didn't have money, you know, and so, and also we didn't raise, we were self-funded almost the entire time. And Got so it. we weren't like, we're gonna pay for ads or, you know, even like doing a trade show was like such a big deal at that time um, because they're so expensive. And so we really did not have any kind of formal marketing for many, 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 many many years. Um, And so I personally just did all of our organic stuff. I did our social media. I did email campaigns. Hmm. Um, When we were just starting out and we wanted to upgrade our packaging, we actually did a crowdfunding campaign. This was, I guess, our first raise of some kind. Um, And we raised, I think, 15, over $15,000 in 30 days on Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Yeah. And it's because when we actually went to our first trade show, we realized, wow, all of these products are so beautiful. And so we'd go up and be like, ooh, this is so great. And then we would try it and be like, tastes that good. But for <laughs> us, it's like we had this product where people really loved it. They loved the flavor yeah. and the taste, but the packaging actually wasn't that good. And so we really wanted to mm. fix that. And so that's what we raised the money for online was to hire a packaging designer and get actual packaging printed. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So yeah, that was definitely a good learning lesson. Definitely. And so yeah, to get that Indiegogo campaign out, we like just blasted it everywhere and emails, homepage of our website, you know, all the things. Um, so. Amazing. Oh uh, yeah, taking some of the feedback, um, especially today as well with your marketing. What do you see as your primary customer, your main demographic for Emmys? Yeah. So, well, there's a lot of ways that we like to talk about this, but. Yeah. Definitely women, um, aged, well, I guess I'll be generous with 18 to 44. Um, We've been able to do some consumer research in the last few years, which has been so valuable for us and something we never could afford, you know, early on. Um, But we like to say that uh, women who are health curious, um, we like to call um, our core consumer either a dabbler, someone who is like interested in healthy food and wanting to make better choices for herself, Mm. um, or someone who maybe actually has um, food dietary restrictions, whether it's gluten-free, plant-based, it doesn't really, not really a restriction, um, or other things. (laughs) Definitely. 
Uh, looking at the product line today, what would you say is the top seller? Would it, would it go back to some of those first hero products or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, even today, our coconut cookies is what we continue to want to grow distribution in. Yeah. Um, and so our dark cacao and chocolate chip flavors um, are our top sellers, and mm. it's they're definitely what's most widely distributed, along with our vanilla and peanut butter flavor. Yep. We call those our core four. Um, and so, yeah, those continue to be our most popular products, which is great, although we are currently in the process of showing, presenting new innovation to retailers now awesome. that we're really excited about. Awesome. Uh, to the listeners who maybe haven't tried any Emmy's Organics products yet, what would you say does differentiate your products from maybe some others in your category, other organic food and beverage brands? Uh, well, one thing is that they are organic. Um, you know, a lot of um, the products that you see out there in the kind of natural section aren't actually certified organic, um, mm. made with organic ingredients. So that's something that's really important to us. Yeah. It's in our name. And so um, that's number one, the quality is just amazing. And then I think the other thing that really stands out about our products is that they're extremely satisfying mm. um, and the, they are delicious. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times when people are looking for better for you products, they feel like they need to sacrifice flavor and texture mm. and you don't with our products. They taste so friggin' good and they're so satisfying because we use real ingredients. Um, and so they're really good. I love Amazing. our product. Amazing. Well, I like to conclude each episode with this. Uh, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret along your own journey, uh, what would you say that would be? Um, well, I definitely always love the term start before you're ready. Mm. Um, you know, for us, I have two things. One is start before you're ready because all the mistakes are turn into lessons and we've made so many mistakes. I can't even begin to tell you how many mistakes we've made. <laughs> um, and so, yes, just see it as a journey and like keep moving forward um, if you can. Also, I would say something else that's been helpful for me is not every business journey looks the same. I think for a long time when we started going to trade shows and we just start, I, I will say, I will take responsibility. <laughs> I would start comparing our growth and our brand to others mm. um, as if there was some playbook you know, that we were yeah. supposed to follow. And our journey as far as our company growth and the way that we went about everything is really different from a lot of brands in our industry, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's not successful. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to, I think, define success and, you know, understanding what that is for you um, is great. And it, it doesn't have to be like someone else. Definitely. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Emmys Organics at emmysorganics.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.